Welcome to a podcast dedicated to your mental health. I'm Bailey with the Recording Library of West Texas. Hi, I'm Christy Edwards. I'm the Executive Director and a therapist at Centers for Children and Families. Hi, I'm Melanie Size. I'm the Marketing and Development Director at Centers for Children and Families. Together, we're bringing you tips and tricks on how to navigate this thing called life. This is Center Solutions. <laughs> Due to the nature of some of the topics that are discussed, listener discretion is advised. So, Christy and Melanie, how are you guys? Doing We're great. Well. I haven't seen you guys in a week or so. Um, we, we record about like every Tuesday, mm-hmm. but we don't air it every Tuesday. We air it... Um, just at different times. So I haven't seen you guys in a while. So I had to give you permission to go on vacation. Yes. Not, you know. Yes. It was awesome too. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. Libby, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to be here. So this is, I think the first time I've hung out with all you ladies like this. So yeah. this is exciting. In the studio with us today is Libby Campbell with the West Texas Food Bank. Libby, how long have you been the executive director? This is actually, I'm just now finishing up my seventh year. Wow. So it's been pretty exciting. And what is the West Texas Food Bank? What is a food bank in general? Um, the West Texas Food Bank, we serve 19 counties, so it covers about 34,000 square miles of West Texas. This year, um, we'll distribute close to 6.3 million pounds of food. 1.2 million of that will be fresh produce. Um, food banks generally, um, usually people think of, they think of a food bank, they think of what we call like a food pantry or one of our agencies. We are like a large distribution center or Sam's, Costco to 85 plus different nonprofits in the 19 counties we serve. So our main job is to procure lots of food for a very low price or for a free period, and then be able to house it and be able to deliver it to our partner agency. So if you think of someone like Breaking Bread or Salvation Army, Catholic Charities, um, Midland Baptist Crisis Center, Agape, any of those places, they get, you know, probably about 85 to 90 percent of their food on their shelves actually comes from the West Texas Food Bank. So we're like the Sam's distribution center for partner agencies. Right. And um, I was mentioning we had Maya from Breaking Bread Mm -hmm. here on our podcast, and we focused a lot on grub packs um, for kids in that particular podcast. And I know Libby sees just the giant picture of that's just a little piece of the pie um, since those are their partnering agencies. And and we do run programs, you know, so we'll see like food to kids. Like we run a program that goes zero to 18 that feeds kiddos everything from formula, um, baby food closet that we have the West Texas Food Bank to we do run a backpack program that's serving about 2,800 kiddos a weekend right now that has 12 or 15 items in those bags that they take home. We have um, 11 school pantries right now. We're about to open a couple of more throughout the 19 counties that we serve. It's really for our middle school and our high school level kiddos. And then we also have pantries that are actually on our college campuses. Um, we've been at Sol Ross for several years. I know the Odessa College is about to open up their new beautiful pantry. We're really excited about oh, that's it. That's great. UTPB, Midland College, all those places. So we do have that program. We do a senior box program, which we just kicked off last October. So we're about to hit a year anniversary on that program. We run Kids Cafe, which we have two chefs on staff and a kitchen manager that prepares all the hot meals for the boys and girls clubs and some low-income housing units, and we deliver those every day. Um, We have also education programs where we teach people how to grow produce out here. It's really important that we provide fresh food in the middle of a food desert. (laughs) So we have lots of education programs going on. We have salvage and reclamation. We go to 21 sites every day and pick up food that would normally be thrown away, and we sort and process it and hand it out to our partner agencies. Um, 
We do outreach, we mobile distribution in emergency disaster outreach. So we were known a lot for our work during Hurricane Harvey, which was 600,000 pounds of product into that direct impact zone. We were with the shooting in Odessa, Texas. With HEB, we helped bring in the mobile kitchen unit and we provided 400 meals starting on Sunday night during the vigil until Tuesday at lunch when some of the first responders started to leave and go back to where they came from. That's wonderful. So we do all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, we were, our counselors were working on that too. What a, what an incredible uh, community effort. Mm-hmm. Right. right. We all it was amazing saw. to watch Midland, Odessa, and really all the Permian yes. Basin step up and be like, we are going to take care of each other right now. And yes. so it was really powerful. And also to see people come in from Washington, D.C. and Dallas and the mm-hmm. Texas Rangers and FBI and CIA and everyone's there and everybody's hands on, you know, really trying to help one another and get through the situation. Yeah. I just liked watching everybody. They, they knew what their role was going to be. So there was nobody that was worried about overstepping. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're here. We're here to provide mental health services. You guys were there to, you know, mobilize food. food. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. So all the things that were essential to start taking care of the responders and the victims. Right, and um, I, and that's what I loved. It's like we we're not first responders. Like we're always yeah. backup to the first responders. But yeah. it was great. Like we knew our role. We mm-hmm. did it. You guys were there. You you were working on y'all stuff. Red Cross was doing their I stuff. I mean, everybody was doing exactly what we always talk about in disaster relief mm-hmm. training and BOAD planning and all that stuff that we go to all those meetings for and we talk about. We did it. Yeah. I, I think we did. We we deserve an A plus. I think we did a really good job <laughs> yes, as the community far as does. the nonprofit yeah. community stepping yeah, up. Now, Libby, you've seen firsthand some of the challenges faced with people who are food insecure, which we've talked about food insecurity before. Um, Melanie, if you want to define that really quick, and then Libby, if you'll just kind of tell us what that means in the in Midland. Okay, so we have talked about this before in another podcast, but once again, uh, the definition of food insecurity is the state of being without reliable access to a sufficient quantity of affordable and nutritious food. And what does that look like? So I think a good example of, of, of a way to put it is when you're food insecure is basically you don't know when or where your next meal is coming from. So it doesn't mean that you may go weeks without eating, you know, or you may go a week. But it may be like you know that you're going to get breakfast at school because they pr- provide reduced free lunch and breakfast. So you know that. But you don't know if you're getting dinner when you get home, mm-hmm. you know, or if you leave school on Friday afternoon at lunch. You don't know if you're going to eat over the weekend until you get get back to school on Monday morning. So that's a good example. It's pretty easy to define what food insecurity is. Um, Food insecurity is also a great way to think that most people who who are food insecure tend to kind of eat a lot when they do get to eat. When they do have the opportunities, they food hoard, they eat a lot. So sometimes when you see people who are what they call food insecure, they're actually overweight, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's because they just kind of gorge themselves because they really don't know when when that next meal is going to happen. Food insecurity in Midland is definitely different probably than anywhere else in the state. Um, I am on the Feeding Texas board. There's 21 food banks in the great state of Texas. We are the largest network of food banks in the country, and we by far probably the loudest and the mouthiest <laughs> anywhere in the country. Texas. And I can say that because I am president of the Feeding Texas board. So I get everybody's opinions um, of the CEOs and EDs that are out there. But in Midland, we're, we're different. You know, like you would think like during a boom or when oil is really good that we would actually have less need. Really what happens in Midland, Odessa, the Permian, is we're opposite. Mm -hmm. Actually, during a downturn or a little dip, um, we actually go down and need throughout the counties that we serve. During a boom, it's actually higher. And that all comes back to the cost of living here in West Texas. So if you're on a fixed income, especially as a senior, 
it's really difficult to be able to adjust to the, the cost of property taxes, rent increases, cost of even, you know, stuff in the grocery store. I mean, yeah. everything goes up mm -hmm. and that's a hard adjustment. So even though we have the lowest number of people who are enrolled in SNAP or food stamps in Texas and the 19 counties that the West Texas Food Bank serves, we actually go up in need. So, for instance, this summer, we went up compared to last summer, 27 percent in the kiddos that we served in the Kids Cafe program. And it was all due to cost of living. Wow. That's such an important uh that that's just something that all nonprofits understand mm -hmm. because cost of living. Mm -hmm. And then for us, uh, mental health needs are increased because. Oh, I can't imagine what you guys are seeing right now. Well, right. Uh, part of this podcast is designed to go out to reach out to other people like yourself, other nonprofit organizations and people in the community and draw in how we are all connected by that mental health effect mm -hmm. because everything has a mental health effect. Oh, and so not, being those a parent, needs go up. Not being able to feed your kiddo. Oh, I think I about that yeah. all the time. Like what mm -hmm. mental. Right. How does that, that's a different level of food insecurity for sure. When you're a parent and you're not sure where, if you can afford groceries next month or mm -hmm. if you're going to have to put some of that stuff back at the counter. I mean, that's just And as a, a parent, not being able to provide for your child. I mean, what mental toll does that take on you as being a stable person to raise a child or if you can't feed your your parent like right. you're fighting to feed you and your sure. child but you're looking at your mother you mm -hmm. know who is on a fixed income and their rent has just increased i mean and you can't help them it's i mean that's a huge mental toll i would think that you well, guys so people, you know see. people are coming in and saying i'm completely overwhelmed you know there's not enough money i am the sandwich generation i'm trying to take care of my parents i'm trying to take care of my kids and where am i going to be able to do this so there's sleepless nights then that can lead to illness and they lose work and then they lose income and for the kiddos once again it's if you're going to be hungry if you're worried about eating you cannot attend to anything else i can't worry about retaining anything i learned at school i'm worried about being hungry i'm worried about going two days without food i am not worried about you know and then i become obsessed with getting keeping trying to store away food for the future. So oh, it, yeah. it's, it does definitely have a devastating effect on people's mental health. Oh, without a doubt. And the elderly population, I think, is probably one of the hardest groups we've seen that's affected yeah. in West Texas. When we started at the Midland facility, we just celebrated our two-year birthday mm -hmm. at the Midland location. Um, we have a senior pantry in there that's open, you know, every other Thursday, basically. And we started with seeing maybe 40 seniors on a Thursday you know, and they would come in, of course, they get a senior box and they get fresh produce and they go shopping in their pantry. And we even have our dietitian there who's providing basically appetizers of things that we have in the pantry. Like if there's eggplants and maybe they don't know how to prepare them, you know, that's we great. have a recipe there for them to try oh, and then and the directions of how to store it and how you take care of it. Mm -hmm. Well, last Thursday we had 118 seniors come through. Wow. That's amazing. That's incredible. I mean, that's just the growth that we've seen in the senior population and then our mental health section that we serve is this group that they're we're what we call kind of our duplicated clients. Like mm -hmm. they'll, they'll get in a good groove, you know, they'll be, they'll find help. They'll get out of the food bank kind of system and then they'll have a stumbling block in whether they can't afford their medication or mm -hmm. maybe they cool. missed an appointment to get it refilled because right. they couldn't get there because they mm -hmm. couldn't afford gas. And the next thing you know, they've. Or because yeah. they're busy. Who's not busy right now? Oh, We're all so busy. I mean, I can think of all the times I've forgotten to pick up a prescription of whatever. Right. It's not anything super detrimental, but still. Or had to cancel a doctor's appointment because you were so busy and you couldn't leave work. Or you, yeah. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, now we're back with our, mm -hmm. they have to come back because they've gotten, they've kind of taken 14 steps backwards, even though they had just taken 15 forward. And yeah. now they're, they're back with us again. So we have a huge amount of clients that are affected by mental health 
that are that are we call mm-hmm. duplicated. So, what are the guidelines for a, a senior to to be able to gain access to food bank? Just come in and say you need help. Oh, okay. You know, with the Not senior box program it is there is U, USDA. Um, Texas Department of Agriculture is helping us with the commodities that are provided in the senior box program itself. We have 2,000 boxes a month that the Texas Department of Agriculture lets us, you know, have access to. There are some income requirements to that, just Mm -hmm. like you would normally see with any kind of USDA, Texas Department of Agriculture program. But that's not, even if you don't qualify for that and you come in and you need help, we will help you. Well, we get those calls at centers all the time. They're like, you know, I'm 84 years old. I'm on a fixed income, you know, whatever. And I'm like, okay. And we do send them your way. send them over. And I was just like, I hope I'm not sending people that are not meeting your guidelines because I don't want to clog your system up. But we feed. We will never turn anybody away. Okay. Let's talk more about how food insecurity affects seniors, Christy. Um, What are some of the common issues that seniors in particular are going to face with not being hungry? Well, I mean, first of all, if you're hungry, then you're... You're not healthy. It does affect your mind. It does affect affect your physical well-being. And then they're going to make, I think they're going to take risks that they maybe shouldn't take had they not been hungry. So they're going to try to get out to go get some food or they're going to give somebody money to go get something. And maybe the person that they're giving money to is not going to be the person that goes to get their food. They're going to take their money. It puts them in a vulnerable position. So what we want is we want to be able to take care of our elderly population. And I'm not talking, I mean, I'm not talking about only the old and infirm, but I'm talking about people that are probably kind of on the cusp of not needing to drive, not being able to get somewhere. And I'm not sure, do you guys have food delivery to seniors or do you have to to show With up? With our for senior that? box, we'll deliver like like the low-income housing. Okay, no, that's, yeah, but so not we'll, just to a normal address or whatever. And sometimes so. we do, okay. you know, but we don't do it on a regular basis or we'd be, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, having a lot, that's, that's all, but um, all but you we try to. That's part of the reason why we have all those partner agencies yeah. and that mm-hmm. network, so that we right. make sure we have places. And the other thing too that we've really looked into is because of the disaster mobile unit that Occidental provided us um, a year, year and a half ago. Um, we're actually able to take that disaster unit and put it into locations where we know there is a high population that's of excellent. need mm-hmm. that may not have a partner agency right there by them, and so we will distribute from there. We did a distribution in South Odessa probably about a month ago, and we had over 120 families showed up, and we had one of our regular box trucks in the disaster unit there, and we were signing people up for senior box. They were able to go through the pantry. They were able to get fresh produce, blueberries, milk, you know, cheese, and then regular shelf goods. And then we also brought an extra truck that was filled just with produce, with apples and grapes and, you know, mangoes and watermelons that we were able to hand out to. Oh, the fact that there's so much fresh food and it's it's mm -hmm. nutrition. That is a huge priority. And I'm going to tell you, at some point, prior to being even a little elderly, people are cutting out fresh produce because it's so expensive. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know my own parents are doing that because, you know, they're on a fixed income. It's not that they don't have any money, but it's like, uh, you know, I'm not paying $5 for a pint of blueberries. No, because we are located in a food desert. Mm -hmm. We have high transportation costs right now during a boom. It's hard to find CDL drivers all across the country. And part of our job as a food bank is not just to provide food to fill your tummy, but to also find the most nutritious value of food that we can Mm -hmm. By using our purchasing power with the other 20 food banks in the state of Texas and the, you know, the rest of the food banks in the country for us to pull together basically our buying power and use our dollars to, to, you know, procure large loads of food. A lot of times it's grade two and grade three level produce that say that's like two headed carrots or it may be the wrong color squash. And so, you know, places like United or HEB or Kroger across the country can't take them. They can't sell them. So they're just going to dump the food. And so the food banks, we come in and, and we'll purchase it for pennies on a dollar. I mean, we'd have to pay part of the transportation costs sure. to get it to our locations. 
Well, that's the thing about, uh, we've all learned so much about all the processed food mm -hmm. and how bad it is can mm -hmm. be for you. Mm -hmm. it's, and it's all about preservatives and long shelf lives. Well, so. there's huge studies that have been released that with that, it affects mental health. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, but that's what, once again, whenever you're on a fixed income or a low income, you're buying things that are, you know, full of preservatives that are going to last forever. Or you're getting food, and this happened with one of my clients, is like she would get food and she would not eat it. And so she would save it and she would keep it in the refrigerator. And then you know, um, she would eat something else and then she'd go back for that. And if it had mold, she would just like scrape it off, you know, and it, and you're like, you, so that's going to affect you physically. Is well. You're going to get sick eating that. And, exactly. So then that rolls over to the mental health. Or if you're going to go to the dollar menu all the time. I mean, there, yes. the cheap food is not the best food. And that makes it very difficult for people who are living on a fixed income or anybody mm -hmm. here, frankly, everything is more expensive in this area. Mm -hmm. It's just the nature of where we're at. Mm -hmm. yes. So, I mean, <laughs> so thank goodness that we've got Libby and the food bank and, you know, people that they know where to go. They do a great job of getting the word out about what the services are that they have or what they can provide. And then we just need people to make sure that they take advantage of that. Right. Yes. Or get educated and know what you can do with it. Yes. And I agree. And, you know, and it can be all different kinds of things, not really even, I mean, cost of living is what we're all talking about right now within the nonprofit exactly. community because mm -hmm. we are all stressed by that. I mean, I think our entire network is feeling stressed due to cost of living, mm -hmm. whether it's everything from you're really busy and can we find volunteers and can we find board members to, you know, how do we serve our clients because mm -hmm. we can't hire staff, you know, like we can't like, exactly. I know that I'm constantly challenged with finding Truck drivers. We had that conversation <laughs> today. Yeah, right. that being conversation. able to keep people. Retention, yes. is, mm -hmm. a, retention, retention. is an issue. Yes. People can go and work in the oil, right. oil field. Yes. And, and so more money. And so nonprofit is really a labor of love. It is. Mm -hmm. But then you have, like with you guys, I'm sure you see this a lot too. You have family health crises. You know, people get sick, you mm -hmm. know, and maybe you've got to take them someplace other than Midland Memorial or Medical Center because there's a shortage on nurses, you know, mm -hmm. or, you know, you've got that going on. Or you have seniors that are having to step in and raise their grandbabies because the parents are trying to work two jobs to make ends meet. So you've mm -hmm. got that crisis kind of mm -hmm. going on at home. So it, it, it costs a living, but it kind of goes across the entire, I mean, playing field of what we really see as mm -hmm. far as our seniors who we're serving right now. Well, if you have grandparents raising grandkids or you have grandparents helping their children out with their children, so they're saying, okay, I'll keep your kids for free, and but then you feed them. And then, you know, sometimes it's like we, you don't think about there's not any food left in my parents' refrigerator because they fed it to my kids. Oh, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and grandparents aren't going to say anything. They love like, it. Because they, they love it. I'm taking there. care of my kids. Oh, so once again, brings, that it does affect them. This brings me to a question on some of the little bit of research I was doing. What about people who, I mean, when you think about parents and your struggle is to keep that kid functioning and there's a lot of weight on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. I know this being a single mom. I mean, I I look at certain situations and think, but by the grace of God, I mean, you know, we all could be in that situation. How about uh, the fear of somebody coming in and finding out your situation? I wonder how that affects people. It does. Mm -hmm. I mean, people, I mean, I always say like hunger is taboo. Exactly. No mm -hmm. one wants to admit that you can't feed your child, mm -hmm. you can't feed your parent, mm -hmm. or you can't feed yourself. I mean, that's just, it's a basic need. You know, and so I think that definitely takes an effect on, again, the mental stability within the home, especially having kiddos or you're trying to be a caregiver even for your parent or yes. all those things. I mean, hunger is taboo. No one wants to talk about it. No one wants to think that we have, you know, hunger. In the face of hunger, what people think is always, you know, it's somebody who's down on their luck and mm -hmm. maybe, you know, they're, they're Kids are dirty running around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's... And, 
we serve that, of mm -hmm. course. I mean, that is definitely true. But most of the people that the West Texas Food Bank serves in the 19 counties are people that you would never know are hungry. Mm -hmm. And they're probably sitting next to you someplace, mm -hmm. whether it's yes. at a doctor's office, whether, you know, they're trying to figure out how they are going to get food on the table because they're food insecure, you know. And so you would never know the face of hunger in West Texas. Again, it's not always what everybody has that this look in their head of what they think it is. I think that's an important part of the discussion because just like most other things mental health related, there's that stigma. Mm -hmm. There's a stigma attached to it. And it's part of it's whatever we've seen. We know we've seen the commercials of the hungry children in other countries. Mm -hmm. And there are these ideas that we have in our mind of what hunger looks like. And you would never know. You would never know. Well, I mean, I think we also associate, you know, if you don't have food in your house for your kids and you're lazy. Or you're not you know, a or you're good just parent. Wait, or you're so not a good right. parent or, you know, whatever it is. And no, nobody really wants to talk about the face of hunger is not the same face as it was several years ago. This is, these are right. people that are working jobs that you know, several years ago would have had sufficient income to feed and now you cannot. So they don't want to talk about that because you know what, if you, if your people know, CPS knows that you have a hungry That's kids. That's the thing, how do mm -hmm. you're afraid someone's going to come in yeah. and try to take my children away because now I'm not a good parent. Or if I go to the food bank, are they going to be, you know, watching me? If there's any paranoia whatsoever, how many times can I go before they go, okay, what are you doing that you're not taking care of your kids that you're coming to get food? I'm coming to get food so I can take care of my kids. So how about yeah. we look at it that no, way? I mean, you even think about it this way. Like we had a single dad who was raising two girls and he was between paychecks and he had to pay for like the gas, uh, the trash collection. He had to pay for somebody's cheerleading uniforms mm -hmm. and his rent had gone up. That was the first month of his rent was going up. He mm -hmm. didn't have enough money because he had done all of that to put gas in his car or he could buy food. But he came to us. We were able to provide him with enough food to get him to his next paycheck. He was able to put gas in his car and everything continued to roll mm -hmm. on. But those are the things that, that you see. Like you would think like he they wouldn't be food insecure. Right. He, and that's has, he has a job. His, yeah. One of his girls is a cheerleader. cheerleader. Sure. I mean, yeah. you know, like it's all of those things. It's, the face is not the same as it used to be. That's exactly. important to know because we still we want so badly for our kids to have everything. You know, mm -hmm. we don't want to pull them out. I know how expensive. I mean, I had one and. Club soccer forever, and that is just... God bless you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I had to. A lot. Uh, so there are times that that gets, you know, you have to start thinking, well, gosh, you know, where do I... Probably Where do mine. I juggle here? Yeah. Because the trips are expensive. The mm -hmm. Everything, uniforms, all of that costs money. So I can completely understand how that can be an issue. Oh, well, you go back to school. Like right now, we're we're still we're still recovering from back to school. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have three kiddos who are in school. Like I felt like I was hemorrhaging money for mm -hmm. school supplies <laughs> and uniforms and football gear and cheerleading gear and backpacks and lunch boxes and it's a lot haircuts. You know, to get back to school because I kind of let them the girls go Shay. a little crazy during the summer, you know, cause that just happens. But you know, you're just basically yes. bleeding out money. And then on top of that, it's August and September. It's the hottest months we have of the year. You've got your air conditioners, mm -hmm. even if you don't mean to have them cranked, they're cranked. They're cranked. Mm -hmm. Oh, I promise you my bill, uh, I just about fell off my chair. And right? It's like, kids, why yeah. do y'all need an air conditioner? Yeah. <laughs> like, Can turn on just... the fan. Put your head in the fridge. <laughs> like, what are you doing? But all of that hits at once. Yes, and does. again, you know, like, you wouldn't think that, but where, what's the thing that's most movable in your budget? Mm -hmm. Food. Food. Mm -hmm. Right. What can we do better as a community to bring awareness to food insecurities? I, I think number one is 
come volunteer at the food banks, you know, and whether it's your local, whether it's us, you know, in Midland and Odessa, the, the big locations, or go to one of our partner agencies and go volunteer and spend some time and really talk to the clients and see who's there because it really is, it's not what, what you would normally think that it would be. Um, support your pantries and your food bank. You know, we drive a lot. We're like a needy 16-year-old kid that's always looking for gas money, you know, so... <laughs> please give us money. You know, like we have to procure food and put gas in those trucks to drive and deliver and, and pick up. So that's important. But I also think just being able to, to take away that kind of stereotype in your head and that stigma of what you guys were just talking about. Hunger is not what people think it is anymore, you know? And so to, to really sit down and talk to your kiddos or other family members about Hunger, the face of that is different than what you may think it is mm -hmm. and just make it more acceptable for people to ask for help, whether Absolutely. it be elderly, right. whether it be kiddos asking for food, whether it be a struggling mom, single mom mm -hmm. or dad who's trying to figure out how to get things done, you know, like make it a conversation that's okay to have. Just like I think there's like you guys have done a great job of talking about asking for help, mm -hmm. you right. know, whether it's you've gone through a rough divorce and your kiddos need help, sure. you, know, you need support, you know, whether it's something bigger than that, that could be uglier, but sure. you guys have made that an okay topic to talk about and, and be able to discuss that within the community. And I think that's one reason why you guys do such an amazing job. I think that, uh, that mental health, uh, connection that we're talking about has a lot to do with that. It's, there's that stigma too, where mm -hmm. people don't want to ask for help. They don't want to, it, we're all, uh, we're just, it's part of the human condition to be very concerned about mm -hmm. how we're perceived. Mm -hmm. And so that has everything to do with this topic. And I, I truly hope that people will reach out and look and, and try to see what it would be like if we were in that position. Because mm -hmm. life throws things at us. We never know. We don't ever we know. No we, idea. we all need help in different ways at different points in our life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. One of the things that we talked about the other day was like, you have to just go start chipping away at the wall. Mm -hmm. you know, of, of the stigma of things until there, there's no wall and that people go, there is help here for a reason. It's for everyone. I'm an everyone. So I can ask for help. And in turn, what we hope is that then you will help someone whenever you can. Exactly. And that's what makes the world turn, right? Mm -hmm. Is like, you know, receiving help, accepting help and moving forward and being healthy and functioning. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think that's, that's both of our goal. And Libby, how can we contact the West Texas Food Bank if we are in need of the services provided by you guys? You can call the food bank line, which is 432-580-6333, of course. You can get on our website. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us kind of everywhere, but you can always reach out. And then also, of course, you know, if you're in one of our partner agencies, you know, even even if Sinners isn't a pantry per se, they're still one of our partners. Sure. You know, so even other nonprofits that are throughout the metro, when I call it the metro, the Midland Odessa area, mm -hmm. definitely mm -hmm. reach out to them and say, hey, you know, I, I may not be at a food pantry, but we're having problems right now, you know, where do we go? And so I think, sure. you know, places like centers and all those different locations are really good about saying mm -hmm. we can hook you up. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. We're good at networking. Yes. Sure. yes, we are. Yeah. We've, we've sent, I mean, a, a lot of our visually impaired clients are seniors. So of course we send them to you guys for help and things like that. So anytime that you need help and you are already involved with a nonprofit and you might need some extra help, don't be afraid to ask because we all work together. Absolutely. Thank you, Libby, for do. joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. I've always liked hanging out with some really neat ladies, <laughs> so it's fun. <laughs> thank you for all that you do also. Well, thank you. 
Center Solutions is a production of the Recording Library of West Texas. Post-production work is done by Bailey Hennis and Abby Wiggum. Content is provided by Melanie Size and Christy Edwards. Contact Centers for Children and Families at 432-570-1084 or the Recording Library 432-682-2731. Email Melanie with questions you want answered on the show at msize at centerstexas.org. That's M-S-A-I-Z at C-E-N-T-E-R-S-T-X dot O-R-G. Both nonprofits are on all social media platforms. See you next time.